You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. So, it was the RJ and Shea show in the Philippines that Team Canada advances to the FIBA semifinals. The Canadians defeated Slovenia 189 in the World Cup quarterfinals. RJ Barrett finished with 24 points on 9 for 22 shooting. OKC guard Shea Gilgis Alexander led all scorers with 31 points. He also led all players with 10 rebounds in this win. Dallas Mavericks star Luka Doncic playing for Slovenia was spectacular at times. He finished with 26 points. He was ejected in this game, so he did not finish the fourth quarter. Slovenia, ironically, actually kind of made a little run once he got ejected and kind of made it interesting, but uh, it was not enough, of course, for uh, Slovenia to overcome the ejection and the deficit that they had suffered in the fourth quarter. Dylan Brooks of the Rockets also ejected in this game. He was playing for Team Canada. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Dylan Brooks getting ejected in a big game. But uh, you had a, a really a second half explosion from RJ Barrett that helped turn the tide for the Canadians. This was a tied game at the half. And RJ really kind of made his presence felt in that third quarter, the beginning of the fourth quarter. And him, along with Nikhil Alexander Walker, really helped the Canadians kind of pull away from Slovenia. So now they take on Serbia in the semifinals on Friday. So I'll ask you, Tommy, how was RJ able to take over in the second half of this ballgame? Yeah, in short, uh, the, the answer is uh, pressure and aggression. Um, got to the got got down, played downhill when he when he tends to be at his best, especially against teams that on the scouting report can get to his left hand, um, and he's doing a much better job of finishing around the rim. Um, nine feet, nine made field goals uh, in, in their win, uh, um, and the uh, and uh, eight of those field goals were within five feet of the hoop. You know, so that just mm-hmm. kind of gives you an indication. Eight of the nine field goals inside the paint. Um, you know, right around that that dotted area, dunks and layups and then short yeah. floaters and runners. Um, and that's, you know, that's the RJ that a lot of Nick fans have wanted to see, um, you know, that he sometimes is a little bit too reliant on what can be um, an untrustworthy jumper. Um, we've seen him be a little more consistent. Um, the other thing I want to give RJ credit for is making his free throws. Um, that was yes. a that was a talking point in the first few games with good reason. It was three of ten through the kind of this first three games. Um, was five of five from the stripe today. Uh, we're recording on on Wednesday, a uh, Tuesday rather, um, and uh, Wednesday rather. And yeah, yes, uh, yes, and and he was two of two in his previous game. So he's made seven in a row. Again, not a major thing, but kind of did have some trouble knocking free throws, which made the game a little bit close there um, uh, in, in the second half when Slovenia made a little bit of a run in the fourth quarter after Luka Doncic got kicked out for constantly complaining. Listen, there were some folks on Twitter saying the refs, you know, did a bad job and the, and there were ticky tack mm-hmm. fouls. I, I, the NBA needs to be stricter and more, uh, you know, they, they, you can't, Luca's one of the faces of the NBA and his face, every time he gets fouled is a, is disbelief and, you know, shaking his head and, and pointing fingers. And so as an aside, um, I was happy to see Luca get tossed. Um, because, <laughs> you know, it, it's something that the NBA needs to do a better job of. Uh, I know yeah. it annoys fans. Um, and Luca, to his credit, said, "You know, I need to. Do, you know, the refs did a bad job, but I need to do a better job controlling my emotions, etc." Um, we'll see if that. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Um, but yes, so so for RJ, um, uh, more to our point um, and, and pertinent to our podcast, um, we've seen him go up and down. We've seen him had great halves followed by poor halves. Um, this was the arguably most important game in Canada basketball history. It's the first time they've been to the semifinals of FIBA. Um, and RJ was a big part of that. Shea Gilge Alexander, the main reason why, who's, yeah. you know, as we talked about, one of quickly, quickly becoming one of the best players 
um, in the sport on the planet. You know, there's been a lot of talk about breakout players, Ant Edwards and Austin Reeves is, you know, getting a little bit more shine. And obviously Luca, we know what he can do is putting up great numbers. Um, but you can make an argument that Luca, um, sorry, that Shea Gilders Alexander, especially considering Team Canada's success and the integral role that he's played with it. Um, when they need a basket, they clear out, go one, you know, one up, four down. Um, and he gets a defender on his hip and draws a foul and makes the shot and makes his free throws. Um, just a devastating player. But, um, yeah, good news for RJ. And, again, all these games, these important games, we saw him play well in the playoffs. Um, you know, one of his, the best games in his uh, Team Canada career in one of their most important games, um, tip of the cat to Mr. Barrett. And that has been the RJ Barrett story for a lot of his career that he does come up big in these big games and these big moments. He's a guy that's not afraid of the spotlight, a guy that's not afraid of, of taking big shots, of making big shots. And for all the criticism he gets, um, I find it unsurprising that R.J. Barrett in a game where Canada, you know, has a chance to make history first time in the FIBA World Cup semifinals. We saw the previous game. They had a chance to make it to the quarterfinals and, of course, qualify for the Olympics, which is, you know, the most important thing for Canada. And they were able to do that. And we saw how excited Azure was after the game that they were going to the Olympics and how important that is to the country. So RJ coming in and and, and dominating the way he did in the second half, especially in a game that was tight. That's what we've seen from him. A guy who can uh, kind of look like he's kind of floating out there. And then uh, one second later, he's on a, you know, his own 8-0 run or 9-0 run. And you saw that a little bit from Barron, as you mentioned. It was his ability to get downhill and, and really get to the rim. Um, Slovenia was unable to stay in front of him. They also didn't have any rim protectors. RJ, you know, realizing that, got aggressive. And I think it was really important because I felt like watching that game, Canada was teetering because it was basically Shea Gilgis, Alexander, or Bus uh, for the first half. And it was really a, a Shea Gilgis versus Luca, you know, yep. shoot off, which maybe they would have won, but like, who knows how that goes? You know, they're both great players, obviously. RJ kind of becoming the second fiddle in the Canadian attack really kind of put Slovenia on his heels. And at that point, they really, they really couldn't do anything. So um, yeah, that, that to me was a, a, a great sign for, for, for Canada and a great sign for Knicks fans. See RJ really take charge the way he did. Yeah. And again, these are games, you know, uh, that, that can build confidence that, that can show you, you can be a second best player in a big game, a third best player in a big game. Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons to be concerned or, uh, maybe concerns, not the right word, but you know, there, there are reasons people have differing and differing opinions on Barrett's upside, his ceiling, you know, things along those nature. Um, it's the it's games like this. It's the 10 game stretch in the postseason that really give you confidence um, that he can kind of be um, that type of player, that all star type player. Again, the most important thing for Barrett, we need to see it consistently. Um, will he back up a solid game with an, with with another solid game on Friday? Um, and as we'll talk about, if if Canada wins Friday and USA takes care of business on Friday, we have a championship match Sunday between USA and Canada, which I'm sure we're all looking forward to. Yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing that matchup potentially. And Canada, it, it's funny, we had that whole controversy, which we didn't really get into last week, but the, the, you get the sprinter in the U.S. saying, Yo, you know, how is it, you know, how are NBA champions considered world champions when they only play in America? It's like, well, I, I don't think it was that big a deal. People were going crazy about it. But it is interesting that we could have, you know, Canada versus the U.S., the countries that have the most players in the NBA <laughs> playing in the World Cup. I think that maybe would give credence to the fact that the NBA champions maybe would deservingly be called world champions. But, yeah, I mean, again, I like what I've seen from Barrett. I know he's been up and down. I know the jump shot 
It's gone a little south the last few games. I mean, he didn't shoot the ball great. He only shot one fifty six from three today. He didn't shoot the three ball great the previous uh, game. But overall, he's shooting 37% from three for the tournament, which is really exactly what you would want uh, from him. If he can carry that over to his next season, you would sign up for that immediately. So uh, encouraging signs for Barrett for sure. And we'll see what they do against Serbia, uh, a team that is well coached, a team that is uh, very uh, – they don't have the star power they normally have, of course, with no Jokic, but uh, still a dangerous team. It will be a tough matchup for Canada. Yeah, uh, listen, you don't get to the uh, the semis uh, of FIBA without, you know, being a really quality team, well-coached team, fundamentally sound, backdoor cuts. And it's, you know, again, at this stage of the game, and we've seen it time and time again, we saw when Lithuania beat the United States, it's not necessarily about talent. It's about, uh, you know, chemistry. Uh, you know, knowing a guy's tendencies, knowing when a guy's going to cut back door, et cetera, things on those lines that you get familiarity with that teams like Team Canada and Team USA, who are littered with NBA players, great NBA players, but have spent, you know, have had six yeah. practices together um, where some of these other guys have been playing together for, you know, 15 years. Yeah, RJ could end up being matched up with uh, Bogdan Bardanovic, a guy he's yes. extremely familiar with <laughs> all those matchups between the Hawks and the Knicks. So that should be a fun one to go to Jovic. Not Jokic, but Jovic of the Miami Heat also playing for uh, Serbia. And uh, Philip Petrusev, a uh, former Gonzaga player, and now on the Sixers this year also for uh, Serbia. Yeah, Jovic is a guy you definitely want to keep your eye on. He's the guy that's been kind of rumored to be dangled in that Miami Heat Damon Lillard trade. Um, he's yep. boosted his stock. He's played really well. Um, unfortunately, that that Canada game on Friday is at 4.40 a.m., uh, 4.20, yeah. something like that. Um, so, uh, you know, but you, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where, where if you happen to be awake, um, you can catch it. Um, fortunately the USA game is at 8.40 AM on Friday. Yeah. So US be a little easier. If you want to get up for the Canada game, definitely make sure you set that alarm clock or if you wake up later, then maybe you're going to have to just like avoid internet and <laughs> watch it if you have ESPN plus. They do a pretty good job. I was able to watch this Canada game uh, shortly after it was over, uh, in, totality uh, today before we do the podcast so that was good for that so 